0: Loot is a open source, public domain, public good project, not just for Web3, but just for the whole web.
1: This is Tim Schell. He's a man who is experimenting at the edges of on-chain media and collaborative world building. He's also the creator of the Genesis Loot Project, and since then has been a major part of Loot.
0: Loot is this sort of interconnected sci-fi slash fantasy ecosystem, all anchored around a shared foundation of Concepts and some characters and some items and some sort of canonical traits and canonical facts that give everybody a bit of a foundation to work off of and even like a little bit of a trunk to hang branches off of and stories off of and projects off of and so loot itself is a collection of NFTs that is a fully on-chain collection that anybody can own and transfer and gift and buy and sell uh, but also that anybody can just look at and anybody can create another web app on top of Loot that, similar to like an an API, hits the Loot contract and says like, pull me information from the Loot contract into my other stuff I'm creating. And so what that's done is it's created this expansive explosion of creativity and app development and content creation and game development and community creation and more around Loot's center of gravity.
1: Welcome to Greatness, a Loot podcast series. I'm Paul McNally, and through this six part series, we're going to dig into the history of Loot, the exciting projects it creates, its capacity to expand, and the future for the community going forward. For this first episode, there is no better person to chat to than Tim
0: Shell. I, via this weird uh, identity, side identity I've created called Tim Shell, uh have become one of like the core contributors if you will of the loot community helping to bring people together and bridge projects together and establish sort of a shared foundation for how we can make sense uh, of the loot canon if you will tim Schell is a hebrew word i picked it up from john steinbeck's east of eden and it's a word that means thou mayest and i just think it captures the loot vibe perfectly it's a hebrew word that essentially was interpreted by steinbeck in east of eden to say thou mayest make your own choice on your own path. You have your own choice to make. And I think Web3 for a lot of people has unlocked that part of their mind and their soul and their their life to say, hey, you know what? In real life, I'm a teller at a bank, but in Web3, I get to be a fantasy story writer. Uh, In real life, I'm a musician, but in Web3, I get to, uh, I don't know, make music for games, which I would never do in real life. Because like that's a door that's closed to me in real life, but in Web three, like thou mayest do this together. And so there's a lot of people who've embraced that feeling and spirit. I know I have in real life. Like I'm a founder, CEO, tech type, who you know has started companies and has been a a builder and you know, venture back company leader and you know product person and more, which I love. Uh, I'm also a dad and a soccer coach, and uh, I live in the Bay Area. So Maybe you can see my vibe that way too. But in this universe, I've gotten to also become Tim Shell, which is like a much more sci-fantasy geeky, uh, maybe poetic version of myself. That would have been awkward if my like normal LinkedIn profile started to talk about this stuff. But in this universe, I get to kind of like chase this part of my identity uh, and unlock this part of my identity. There's no loot team per se. There's no loot organization. There's no loot company. Uh, it's it's if anything, it's a community, and what the community does is it comes together and says, uh, you know, "Hey, what is everybody working on? Let's see how we can build sort of a interconnected, exciting universe together." Uh, there's no exact facts like characters and concepts and and games and others don't have to like canonically tie to each other, but it's this integrated system of a bunch of people first and foremost who are then creating really inter- inter- interesting innovative projects using Loot as uh, a jumping off point, as an inspiration point, because Loot is a open source public domain, uh, public good for the internet, that anybody can go build a game off of, anybody can go build an art project off of, anyone can go build a storybook off of. And so I've been, personally, as you can tell in my voice here, been completely nerd sniped by the the meta idea of what's happening here, permissionless collaboration, and Trustless global collaboration among you know pseudonymous strangers who all of a sudden become friends uh, and done asynchronously that but also I'm a sci-fi geek and I'm a fantasy geek and so the idea of building like our own internet-native version of a fantasy franchise that has multimedia and written stories and audio and music and books and games and you know everything in between uh, is just fantastic to me, and so that's what continues to get me excited about the Loot universe. There's no team or corporation or company, and so no one's like being employed by Loot. It's more like a community of people who come together around an open source project to try to manifest this dream of a shared fantasy universe.
1: There is a movement happening that Tim calls Multiplayer Media. It's what he describes as lean-forward brain on entertainment as opposed to the traditional lean back let it wash over you brain off entertainment
0: and i think there'll be flavors of it and there'll be the extreme version of it which is loot right now where like builders and developers and writers are diving in and like really turning their brains on but i think there'll also be lighter weight versions where like you're engaging in a show that you like you're engaging in a movie or engaging in a book and Maybe you can tap on the book and see what other people have commented along the way. Um, maybe you can, as you're watching the movie, like also be co-present with other people who are sort of talking about the fandom or like playing a mini game alongside it, just things that like make it more multi, multimedia and multiplayer, which I think is really exciting because most media today is like one creator, whether that's like a Hollywood studio or a, one writer or one you know director makes something and then everybody just clicks play and watches it or listens to it. But the idea of participating in the universe, even if it's as simple as just participating by like, Getting some of the collectible artifacts and feeling like now you're sort of a co-owner of the uh, thing along the way. I think there's something really powerful to that. And so I do think that Loot is paving the way for some experimentation around this concept of multiplayer media. And if you look at what just Loot alone has done with a budget of essentially zero.
1: There have been some grants issued as part of the Loot project, but otherwise no capital outlay.
0: All of Loot's resources have been just some royalties on secondary sales of the Loot NFTs. And in total, I think it's been like a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, of royalties that then have uh, been able to be issued out to people for writing grants and game grants, development grants. And so I don't want to diminish the value of a couple hundred thousand dollars, that's real money. You compare that to making a movie, you compare that to, honestly, any company, compare that to even what it costs to set up a bagel store down the street despite that what loot has been able to do is act as this center of gravity that's brought people together just down the list in alphabetical order even from a project called banners that's both creating art around the loot universe and character stories of a bunch of different like houses of loot you know like the house of targaryen kind of thing uh, a project called Minstrels that's making open source music for loot. A project called Council of Mages that's creating this sort of interactive quest map game that you can play. Crips and Caverns is a on-chain dungeon map that can then be used across a bunch of other projects. So people are implementing the Crips and Caverns dungeon map into their games and elsewhere. Uh, the Eye for Adventurers is a project that I spearheaded with a group, which is a collaborative, community curated book of short stories that come together inside of a digital artifact that can be held in somebody's uh, digital wallet and read and shared and curated. Uh, The Genesis project, which is another project that I spearheaded with a co-founder, is a character building uh, collectible card trading game where you're sharing cards and creating characters and now you've manifested a character of your own design. Uh, Amazing project called Helms that's doing super cool 3D helmets uh, pulled up from the low-fidelity text of Loot. Project called Heroes, that's pixel hero characters that can raid dungeons and fight bosses and more. Project called Hyperloot that's doing, like, a Mario Party-style 3D world game. Uh, Project called Loot Explorers that's doing uh, sort of cartoon, uh, beautiful map driven um content and character creation and sort of mini game stuff they're working on uh, plus lore and more project called loot mmo which is uh, an incredibly immersive full like unity engine style 3d game you can step in and uh, pull up your loot bag which is like the nft itself take out the items and all of a sudden, now you have a sword on your back or a helmet on your head or you know, a chest plate on your, on your chest in a 3D world, a project called Realms, which is one of the biggest Lootverse projects. Realms is a, a set of maps that essentially give the canvas for everybody to play in in this universe. And Realms itself is building an on-chain incredible game that sort of a resource management game that also then acts as a foundation for a game economy of a bunch of other developers to build inside that game world. project called The Crip is a venture-backed company in London building a full game studio and a full game world, Uh, like a normal cartridge-based game or, like, digital game that you can play but based on sort of the loot universe. Uh, project called The Rift, which is, like, a points-based XP experience layer across the whole Lootverse, so as you do things on the whole list I just said, your loot bags kind of, like, gain XP, and you can do cool things with them. There's a project called Adventure Gold, which was launched right as Loot launched, which is, like, a collectible funny token of the Lootverse that you can use instead of ETH or money. You know, you use Adventure Gold. Uh, and honestly, more. I guess the last one I would say is uh, Open Quill, which is a, a project, again, that I spearheaded, which is a... Writing Grants Program that's giving out writing grants to folks in and out of the verse to sort of invite people in to tell character stories and create content and bring this rich world to life with multimedia, starting with the written word, but also from written word you can first see it in your mind's eye, and now with even AI and real artists, you can take what's in your mind's eye and manifest it into multimedia. Um, An Open Quill has delivered fifty or sixty thousand dollars worth of writing grants to writers, which I'm really proud of. Nobody's being asked to give up their rights. Nobody's being asked to do anything other than just create content and stories of the world. And that content has actually been published into Loot's Pendium, we call it, like a compendium of short stories, compendium of character sketches, compendium of facts and legends and lore. So nobody has to take this canon and read these stories and make games off of the canon. But it's a really cool way for people to come in and be like, I don't want to just start from scratch like what is this world who are some of the characters what are our ideas about where this all came from uh, what are some of the major conflicts in this loot universe that i can hang stories off of or i can create art around or i can make a game out of and so in the writer's room and loot discord which is one of the most active parts of this it's people creating these stories both about the early days of the loot verse, but also now you know expansive stories across the whole timeline um, with Open Quill acting as like you know a bit of a organizer and curator and just helper to push that process along. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I've personally gotten a ton of energy from being able to do that because a lot of people have been able to say, like, I, I never have been a fiction writer, but now I am.
1: We're going to be speaking to one of the top writers of these loot stories in a later episode.
0: And as you're building on top of foundation, you don't have to go use all the rules or you don't have to like copy somebody else's castle next to you metaphorically speaking somebody else might have built a castle and you might want to build an igloo and that's fine go for it uh, but the foundation gives us a little bit of a baseline to say that like there are some facts in this world um if you go to loot.foundation it's an organized site that tries to take the facts of loot which are like the on-chain on blockchain facts that have been published to the blockchain which are immutable, unchangeable and essentially act as like the API if you will of the basic, you know, loot contract. Loot foundation takes that contract and interrogates it and picks it apart and organizes it and makes sense of it to show people here some of the foundational facts of the lootverse of which there's not many, uh, but from those facts you can start to extrapolate more knowledge. Like you can extrapolate the suggestion of uh, earlier era you can extrapolate the suggestion of some characters um, you can extrapolate the idea that you know, hey dragons and demons in this world seem important because they're the two most common words that show up in this contract there's things you can extrapolate and so we've established the foundation and then loot dot foundation as a site also does provide a bit of scaffolding to say hey here's one interpretation of how we could take this foundation and create a scaffolding for story development and content development and game development on top of it, that's still extremely open and permissionless and still very sort of open ended as to what you can do with it, but gives like a shared timeline, for example, that has some errors or gives uh, some interpretations of, Hey, there's 16 words inside this contract that show up with a lot of structure we're going to interpret those as orders like 16 orders of the loot verse or the order of the Fox, the order of perfection, the order of uh, brilliance, which like is not exactly established in the core loot contract, but it's sort of shared community canon we've agreed on that nobody has to adhere to. Someone could say, Hey, those 16 words are poems. Cool. There's nobody who has, makes any rules. uh, But we've said they're essentially like the, sort of community curated canon that other people can then build off of without any requirements, but sort of a honestly not even a suggestion, just sort of uh, the support to say if you'd like to have some baseline stuff that you can build on, we've you know many of us have agreed on some of this baseline stuff. But if you'd like, fork away from it and do something totally different if you want. And so then each company who's built off of loot has their own strategy. Like Realms is building a games world their strategy is to outreach to developers to say, "Come build your mini game inside our game world." Loot MMO is building this three D immersive game universe. Their strategy is, "Hey, if you're building on the core engine, which is like the, the Unity engine that they've uh, built on top of, uh, come play in this you know, Loot corner of the core universe." And so they're they are in that case like the companies are doing outreach. Really, this is just like a internet public good. That's a internet owned public domain fantasy franchise that anybody can play with. And a lot of the stuff being built, like books, or like somebody's making a tapestry, that has nothing to do with the blockchain. Someone's making a physical, huge tapestry of the verse in their house that they'll exhibit at, on display at an art museum or something. Uh, that's not blockchain related, it, but it's interconnected to this whole thing. Or making music and putting it on YouTube, you, know, you don't need to know about the blockchain to listen to somebody's cool fantasy music on YouTube. You don't need to know about the blockchain to play all the games I just mentioned, or some of them at least.
1: It's pretty hard to deny that the Loot project has been a huge success
0: for a lot of people in blockchain NFT land. Success sometimes comes down to like the price of the digital collectible itself, and the price of Loot has been Loot has been a roller coaster. It was launched for free. Loot was created by Dom Hoffman, who is a Web3 artist a company builder and the original creator of Vine. He's just been innovating on what's possible with the blockchain for years now. He helped launch Nouns, which is one of the fundamental breakthroughs in in how to do NFT-based DAOs. Um, He launched Blipmap, which is a company that's building its own sort of sci-fantasy universe. Um, He launched Loot, and when he launched Loot, he launched it for free. So Loot didn't sell Loot and then put money into a treasury. Loot was free. And loot's royalties when people bought and sold it were zero uh, at the beginning. There were some royalties added uh, much later after much of the trading died down. But it was launched for free. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about? This next part will just blow your mind. Digital picture of a black screen with white text on it. Eight items. Like, long sword of brilliance. Dragon skin. You know, helm of perfection. Whatever. A picture, an SVG file with a black background and white text, which was launched for free and that you could put into your digital wallet. If it's in your wallet, you can trade it. So people did start to trade it. They listed it on OpenSea and started to buy and sell and trade it. It went to uh, like $1,000 per thing. We call them bags, so $1,000 per bag. It went to $10,000 per bag. It went to $50,000 per bag. Some of these bags sold for $100,000 for an SVG picture, where loot itself wasn't making any money on that. That was just somebody who got it for free, selling it to somebody else who was excited about it, who sold it to somebody else who's excited about it. And the mania drove that price up in a ridiculous roller coaster way to you know, silly prices where people were speculating essentially that these would be like early cave paintings of you know, humanity. Uh, or of the next generation of a digital-first humanity, and hey, maybe they are, but does that mean that you should be spending a hundred thousand dollars on them? Uh, not financial advice, but probably not.
1: <laughs> the price dropped back down to settle on about a thousand dollars.
0: So they're not free, and they're not G by any means. There are eight thousand of them. There'll never be more, and they're eight thousand digital collectibles of an era of humanity where we're just finding our sort of footing in a digital first uh, world Uh, and so loot is art, loot is uh, an invitation to build together, loot is a token that unlocks a community, Um, loot is uh, an artifact of a digital humanity Um, and so I don't know I guess I say all that because you said the word success and so for some people hey, that person who bought one for $100,000 and now it's worth $1,000, I don't know if they'd tell you it's a success. But for me, like out of thin air, the loot Discord has 85,000 people in it. Most of them are not active and most of them don't show up. So maybe it's a couple thousand people or 10,000 people who are really paying attention. But out of thin air, for a community to come together to build a universe and to have then created art projects writing grants programs, on-chain books that contain community-created content, companies, there's at least you know, multiple companies, I don't know, two companies that have come out of this, uh, DAOs, Realms is a DAO, um, Hyperloot launched a whole foundation, um, Loot Explorers has a whole company around this, um, Loot MMO is a whole sort of side company, the core, The Crypt is a venture-backed company in London. Just the idea that like out of thin air, without a uh, open source foundation at the core. Because usually with something like this, it will be like, the open source foundation, without any of that, just out of thin air, manifested this shared dream. Ooh, I mean, a voice of loot, sort of metaphorically, to try to bring people together around this shared dream of an interconnected, yet still infinitely expansive ecosystem. And I think a lot of people think that's crazy, but some of us are crazy and have been chasing that dream. Uh,
1: Loot launched in August, 2021. So in under two years, a group of people have come together to create something of huge integrity and fidelity.
0: I don't know if you started a company and raised venture funding and put 40 people on it. Or if you started, if you said, hey, let's make a movie. And hey, I want that movie to also have some games. And I also want that movie to have a book. And I also want that movie to have art. And I also want that movie to have music. And then you raise some money and you put people on it. 18 months later, would you have like 40 interconnected projects that are all rolling along? Like, probably not. You might have more of like singular focus and you might have more of the normal, you know, media track of like getting a studio and a distributor and doing all the things you do. So that part is still unproven. Like, you know, we're, we're creating all of this stuff. The Loot Foundation itself doesn't have any resources to support that stuff. But each of the projects maybe as a, a forcing function has to come up with their own strategy for audience, for marketing, for onboarding, for monetization, for you know, the actual like core strategy versus just relying on you know, some external foundation to like pay people for work. In this case, it's more like an invitation to participate in something. And if there's opportunity to create value out of it, there's no tribute necessary back to loot. Some people have attributed back uh, you know, money or resources back to a loot DAO, but you know, minimal. Now,
1: what does the future of loot look like?
0: We've projected a timeless dream, and the timeless g- dream that we've projected is this idea of a interconnected, at least loosely interconnected, yet uh, still infinitely expansive ecosystem of interconnected projects, multimedia projects, games, stories, art, character sketches, playable games, PlayStation games, to web games, to on-chain games, to MMOs, to 3D games, to books. We're going to be publishing a book later this year that's already been written and edited, and now I just need to curate it into a physical actual book and get it on shelves. It'll be called The Genesis Scrolls, Lore, and Legends from the Lootverse. There's character building games. It's just like this whole ecosystem of interconnected stuff. And to me, that feels like a timeless dream. And so if we fast forward to where this is going to be in a year and a half, maybe it will fade into oblivion and nobody will be working on it anymore. Uh, But that doesn't mean that people won't work on it 40 years from now because it's on the blockchain and it's a public good. And so this will exist forever. And I mean, this is now where the blockchain part comes in but loot's existence doesn't rely on Amazon or the internet or Google or Facebook or Microsoft to continue to host websites or continue to keep it up no one needs to keep paying software as a service fees to Amazon to like keep the website up it's all on the blockchain now not everybody's projects on the blockchain like if somebody's making art their art isn't necessarily on the blockchain or like The person who made this huge physical tapestry in their living room, that's not on the blockchain, it's in their house. Uh, But the stories, for example, are on the blockchain. They can set it and forget it and check back in in 200 years. And if Ethereum still exists, that story and its full fidelity will still be on chain 200 years from now for anybody who has an Ethereum node to look at and scan and read and pull up and do whatever they want with. And so same thing for Loot loot uh exists on chain fully on chain so as long as ethereum which is the blockchain that most of this is built on as long as ethereum survives loot will also survive and the stories of loot will also survive and some of the games of loot will also survive too because they're fully on chain games and not everything has to be on chain but i I think to the point of timeless dreams there's something pretty powerful about that idea that like my kids kids (laughs) kids If Ethereum exists in 100 years, we'll be able to look back and be like, what was my great-grandfather doing back in 2023? He was writing fantasy stories and publishing them to the blockchain. Like, what a crazy guy. But you know what? We don't have any of his books anymore because the books have faded. The stories are right here. Let's just print them out on whatever crazy printer we have 100 years from now. Um, And so, yeah, there's something powerful about the timelessness of the blockchain that i think is different from a project or a company that just pops up and pops away or even just a movie that shows up and then it's hosted on a dvd and then you know you can't find it again here this is on the blockchain for eternity or as long as ethereum thrives which is probably not eternity <laughs>
1: Thanks very much for listening to Greatness, a Loot Podcast series. I've been Paul McNally. You can find more information about this series at our website, lootpodcast.xyz. See you next time.